Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Please stay warm. Brutal cold snap after an unbelievable uh, fall in early winter in Edmonton. Some guests and orders now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night in the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Roos Chris is in Edmonton is the 99th Roos Chris that was opened up. You can tell Brendan, Chris, and Chef Eltaf that Oilers now sent you. It's open Tuesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. Just before we hook up uh, with Elliot Friedman, Chris in Alabama. And I met Chris in uh, Nashville, Tennessee a couple years ago. Uh, Bob, yes, we're morning down here in Bama. Uh, thank you for opening up the show today with Sweet Home Alabama at the top. Well, there's an old story in the radio business. You go to the mouth of the lion, and it's a two-parter for the Oilers. It's much uh, discussion over the uh, the goal uh, called back on the dry settle uh, offside, as well as the Oilers' overall performance, but nonetheless an eight-game winning streak. Uh, in oil country, that's the discussion, but I can tell you right now down in the States and dwarfing every other possible sports story is uh, the, the news uh, from Chris Lowe today that uh, the greatest coach in college football history, Nick Saban, has uh, apparently is going to retire. Uh, can we, uh, Kellen, can we confirm that we have Elliot? You good to go? All right, let's do it. We head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. And welcome back to the show for Abe's Door Service, where services are specially. Visit abesdoor.ca. From NHL Hockey and Rogers, Elliot Friedman. Hello, Elliot. How are you? Are you kidding me? Are you really serious? You think he's the greatest coach in college football history? Who's better? I don't know. Bear Bryant? Bear won six in uh, 28 years or so. This guy won six in 16. <laughs> yes, I do think, especially given all of the changes that have occurred. Now, that said, you know the story of John McKay and USC and Bear Bryant. I mean, Bear made one of the biggest changes all time in uh, uh, SEC college football history. So, but uh, I, this is a—I'm sure you've seen some of it. This is a pretty significant story down in the United States. Oh yeah, right like, I'm not—I'm not denying it's a massive story. It is—it is a massive story, but. I don't know. I, I'd have to think about this. I'm not sure I would say he's the greatest coach ever in college football history. He's a great coach, 
And yeah. uh, you could see that things were wearing on him this season. But, uh, yeah, he's uh, – he's, it's, it, it's a mess. Like, you look at Pete Carroll today and – and uh, and him and we're still waiting on Bill Belichick. Like it's a seismic, it's a seismic could be day. seismic yeah. for those three. Seismic day, yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. All right, Al, let's let's get to it. Uh, a couple different uh, things. First of all, ah, oh, no, no, we'll, we'll we'll start with the Oilers in the game last night, and then I got a bunch of stuff to okay. ask you about. Um, you know what we're gonna do right now? I, uh, Kellen, Brendan's still there with us, right? Okay, let's uh, let's circle back. We're going to rerun Connor McDavid's thoughts after the night um, in terms of the goal that was called back that would have made it three one for Edmonton in the third period. If it takes you fifteen it takes minutes you f- to to determine if it's offside or not, um, it probably doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> you know, um, you know. I talked to the linesman after. Ultimately, it's not a, not their call, I guess. You know, obviously they said it came down from the league, but you know. You zoom in, you zoom in, you keep zooming in until you can't zoom in anymore, and I guess it's offside. So, um, you know what, um, these, these are calls that, uh, you know, change games, and ultimately it didn't go our way. You know, that was a big call. Um, it would have really, really hurt them, and um, I thought it should have been onside. I mean, it's kind of possession too, right? Like the argument of possession. Um, that whole debate can start again. Um, you know, it was such a close one. You'd like to see it. You know, I, I think the NHL uses the analogy dead wrong, right? They, you know, if it's if it's dead wrong or something like that, I don't know what they say. Like, they want it to be clear and obvious, right? Um, that one's certainly not clear and obvious. There you go. That's Connor McDavid last night. Let's get Elliot Friedman's thoughts. Yeah, well, I, I agree with him on one thing in particular, and that is that... Uh, um, when this came in, it, the standard was supposed to be that. Um, and that is that it was a goal was only supposed to come off. If they, like Batman didn't want goals getting taken away. And the league didn't want goals getting taken away. So it definitely was the standard was, hey, unless it's egregious, Air on the side of keeping the goal. And you know what happened here? I, this is my guess. First of all, I, I think they should have left it a goal. If it takes you that long and you don't have an answer, unless... Now, the one thing I have seen before, and this is the only thing I would say in their defense, is that sometimes replays come in certain order, and you might just have to wait longer for some replays sometime. But that doesn't appear to be the case here. You know what? I was kind of joking about someone, uh, joking about this with someone today. It was almost like a piece of Ikea furniture, Bob, that you're you're sitting there and you're you started putting it together and no matter how hard it is or how much you're mangling it you're like no i'm not giving up i'm getting this thing done and in the middle i think they were so determined is this offside or not offside that they just kind of lost the picture for a little bit and um you know i will say this there's also been this debate about control or not control but I think How do McDavid, I know what it is? Is, McDavid is right in the sense that we shouldn't be looking for reasons to take goals off the board. It should be obvious 
or you look at it and you say, ah, that's it. On this one, I agree. I wish they would have left it a goal. Yeah, and I had a sneaking suspicion it was not going to count. I joked earlier in the show, Elliot, uh, the Warren Commission took less time than this uh, last night. When you're when you're living it and you're on radio and filling, and we've all had to fill before on radio when, you know, panes of glass went down and that sort of, especially in our yeah. developmental stages. But I, I, I had a sneaking suspicion it was not going to count. Uh, and I wonder, and we're going to talk to Shannon about this a little bit later. Uh, you know, he's got his sources literally plugged into that war room. Yeah. Connor makes a great point. Connor makes a great point about control. Yeah. And, you know, I just, I, I just think at times hockey's the sport that seems to want to take, uh, it, it, it wants to work against the stars a little bit. There's a real, egalitarian approach to things yeah I, you know what i think that's i think that's kind of changing a bit but you, you're not, you're not wrong you know but i yeah. don't think that was the case here like bob no i, 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 no, no. I don't i don't i i think that's irrelevant here the thing that you hit on like i, I told you what i agree with connor about is it should be egregious if you're taking goals off yes. egregious or ob or obvious if we're taking goals off it, it should be a lot more obvious than that you know, I will say one thing that you did say that it's true is that the whole issue about control, not control, that's become a problem. Like when that one happened with Kale McCarr a couple of years ago in the in the Western yes. Conference Final, the moment that one happened, I said, that's a goal. I have oh, you text me. You text me. Yeah. You text me and said the Oilers are going to lose this challenge. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, I'd no. Seen, I'd seen that one before. Like, I... Like, to me, I'd seen that happen too often, and I'd been in some situations where I specifically saw that example used, and I was like, that's going to count. That one last night, you know, and I admit, sometimes even I get caught up in the whole control, not control thing, and you, you end up kind of, um, you know, you basically end up getting so much into your own head that you gaslight yourself. And that does happen to me with the control, non-control issue. Like, again, I'll say this again. McDavid is right. Like, if you're going to take a goal off the, off the board, it should be obvious or egregious. And to me, the more they were looking at it, like I said, they were like, we're going to solve this. We're going to find an answer. I guarantee they were so determined to solve the puzzle that you just sort of forget the forest from the trees, right? So, well, I mean, think of the genesis. Think of the genesis of review. I mean, the prime. would call it a goal. The, right. The primary, one of the primary reasons why they went down this path was it not the Matt Duchesne goal where he was like twenty five yeah. feet offside, and they missed yeah, it. And you know, right? I'll, I'll tell you this. I, I remember Colin Campbell. He said to me when it came in. He said, "There's going to be the unintended consequences." You're going to have goals. You're going to look. There's things that you're not thinking of right now that you're going to say, oh, man, I wish we didn't do replay. And last night was and he was right. And, and last night was one of those moments. Um, but again, like I, I'll say it for the 50th time. I, I just think unless it's obvious, it should count. We should be we should be encouraging goals, not taking them away. Uh, Chris Knobloch now has two eight game winning streaks in his first 24 games as a head coach in the NHL. Um, 
he he would have amongst the best winning percentage of any coach in NHL history. Short sample size, yeah, but he's well, got 18 wins. Go and, the, how, how did that go for the last guy who was like that? Who was that? Jay Woodcroft. I don't know if he started off eighteen and six, uh, but no, they are no, very different. Had, pers- they great, are very different. He had a great record. He had a great record. He had a six forty three. He had a great record until this year, and that's entirely yeah. fair what you say. So tell me this: <laughs> yeah. Have you heard anything on uh, on Jay getting another opportunity elsewhere around the NHL? No, I, I haven't at this time. I, I have no doubt it'll happen at some point, but I, I haven't at yes, this time. Yes, so do I. I'm going to tell you, like Knobloch. I, I find him very interesting to watch. I, I really do. I don't. I don't know if there's another coach in the league that looks as placid behind the bench as him. I'm really fascinated by it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, you know, you watched the Oilers earlier in the season this year, and they were an emotional team. Uh, I don't agree. I did not like that Jay got kicked out of a game in Vancouver. I know he did not swear. Uh, I know he was on the the official the officials all game. Uh, Knobloch says virtually nothing to the officials. He doesn't say anything to anybody. <laughs> He's quiet as But the one thing I would say, Elliot, is. I sense at times, maybe when the game's in the balance, that that calmness might be working at this time pretty well with this group, at least out of the gate. It- yeah, yeah. No, obviously it's working. Like, um, like the one thing is, like, you know, the whole thing is one of the keys to coaching is knowing when to do what, right? And, um, yeah. You know, I, like I think you have a really mature team, a really smart team. There's certain things you have to put in. Like it's obvious that Knobloch has put in some things that he wants you guys to do in the way that you play. But generally, while the game's going on, he seems like we don't see what he's like during the while the play's on, right? Because the camera's not on him. Like that yeah. was always one of the tricks. Like Ken Hitchcock was was very good at that. For example, the camera's on me. The camera's on me. Wait, wait wait now the camera's on the play and then you would grind guys yeah um, he was very very smart about that i i don't get so i i'd be but the thing is i think generally like you guys know how you want to play and uh it's it's working very well right now the, the health too makes a massive difference uh, yes yeah, david and Eckholm. i mean Eckholm is you can make an argument he's evanson's best all-around defenseman a couple areas of focus. I mean, the Oilers struggled on the PK over the last year and a half. Uh, they were 30th when the coaching change was made. They're, they're, uh, they're fourth in the league since November the 24th on the 16-3 run on the penalty kill. Uh, the goals against was 30th uh, in the league when the coaching change was made. They're second in the league over the last... Only Winnipeg's better. I mean, Winnipeg's been unbelievable. Everton's got the best points percentage in the league since the 24th of uh, November. So something is working. Now, the one thing I will say, he... Uh, 
he sort of got everybody's eye with the work he did in Kootenai because they had no business beating Saskatoon and Portland in that year back in 10-11. That was a defensive team that upset those two teams. Then he goes to Erie and coaches an offensive team. But he has these streaks. Like with Kootenai, he went, he went you know, they won 11 out of 12 games in the playoffs to win the WHL championship, including two huge upsets. Um, he's on his second eight-game winning streak with the Oilers. He had eight streaks, eight undefeated streaks of 10-plus games in Erie, two per year, which meant two per year for two years after McDavid was an Edmonton Oiler. Do you wonder whether or not that calmness, maybe, and the fact that he doesn't make a lot of changes to his lineup, might play a factor in why his teams can... Because he just tell you, I just coach really good players. But I wonder a bit about that. What do you think, Elliot? Well, I think that, first of all, I think it's always good to put... I think it's always good to credit your players. Like I think the best coaches are coaches... Like The best bosses I've ever worked for are people who, when things are good, they're like, we're doing great. And when things are going badly, they're like, I've got to fix this. It's we when it's good, and it's I when it's bad. And some of the best people I've ever worked for, they when you were down or you were having a tough day or you did something really bad, they were empathetic and said, this is how we're going to get you out of it. And when you were going really well or you were hot, that's when they started really grinding you. Like, just like, okay. You mean like how Nick Saban way. coaches? Yeah, well, you know what? Kelly and, uh, and and Glenn Healy always used to talk about that with Al Arbor. Like, when they were winning games in the Alders, as you know, won a lot of games, he would just be all over them. And when they were going badly, that's when he would loosen up. And so, yeah, you know, I, I, I've had a lot of bosses like that. So, you know, like, the thing is, like, like he definitely is very calm. There, there's no question about that. I think a calm, like, I do think a coach's demeanor can really affect a team. There are times when you do have to step in and grind them or push, but I think the crazier things get, um, you know, the, the, the calmer a coach, the better you are. And I also, I really also believe this too, uh, 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 Bob, is that, and, uh, is that the best teams, when the big games start, they know what they need to do. The coach almost doesn't have to say a lot because the players are wired to figure out the problems for themselves. All right, let's do a couple quick hitters. What the heck happened with Cutter Gochi? And I know we've read some of your stuff that's out there. It's been exceptional. But explain to our listeners, what happened with Gochi and the Philadelphia Flyers? Well, you know, first of all, he uh, he did a, uh, a podcast day with the Ducks with Alexis Downey, who's uh does a really nice job covering that team for the Ducks. They did a so I, I I would recommend everybody go search it out. He doesn't say a lot, but he's on there. I really believe this. The more I've leaned into it, Bob. So last year, Chuck Fletcher is fired on March 10th, and uh, Cutter Goche season ends for Boston College on March 11th. They get knocked out on the in the Hockey East uh, quarterfinals. He's, his season's over, and I think he believed that he was going to the Flyers. And um, at that time, the Flyers, they kind of didn't want to bring him in. And I mentioned there was a bonus situation. Um, I also now believe that, you know, things were so bad in Philly at the end of last year. I'm not convinced they wanted to bring him into that. Um, you know, when, when, he, when he finished... 
Like he was not eligible. To, like sometimes if you're old enough, you play one game and the first year of your contract burns. He wasn't old enough because he was only 19, but the Flyers had 16 games remaining, so he could have gotten to 10 to burn his first year. And I think he wanted to do it. And the Flyers didn't want to do it. I, I think they offered him like an AHL ATO. And he, uh, I, I don't think he was expecting that. And I think he felt that th- that's not what he wanted. And I think his his attitude towards the team turned. And I, I know the Flyers were caught by surprise by it. They did not realize how much it bothered them. You know, the one, like, the thing is, like, I think, look, if, if you want to use the CBA to your advantage or you don't want to play for a team, that is your right. You know, like, just like I can quit my job or go work for another company, Cutter Goche can do that too. The only thing I really disagree with was, you know, like, there have been players who've done this before. Like, Wheeler did it, who was also a number over five pick. Adam Fox did it. Jimmy Vasey did it. I think that those, I think that he owed them an explanation. And Justin Schultz. It. Yeah, Justin Schultz did it. Um, you don't have to like it because, and I think one of the reasons that Philly's so upset is that Cutter Goche, that kid's going to be a really good player. Oh, yeah. And, um, and so, but I think he owed them an explanation. All right. Um, so I'm wondering about two clubs. I'm wondering about Philadelphia and Ottawa. They're basically under new management. Um, the Edmonton Oilers could use a top six, preferably right wing. They both have a guy, uh, one, uh, an older established veteran in Ottawa. He's from the Ottawa region, Claude Giroux. And I just wonder whether or not the landscape, I'm sure if you're Steve Stales, you want to keep Claude Giroux as, for as long as you can. But Claude Giroux is only going to get so many swings at at-bats to win Stanley Cups. Um and then in Philly's case, Travis Connecting is their best player. He's a $5.5 million. I just, both teams, I sense, might be open to potentially getting a draft haul for that. Do you think they would be open to potentially looking at moving either one of those players? Who was the other one you mentioned besides Giroux? Connecting from Philly. Oh, Connecting. Okay, I lost it there for a second. Giroux, like I looked into that last week, and it, and that has definitely not been communicated uh, yet at this point in time. Um, I get like kind of mixed emotions on whether or not he'd want to do that, and I wouldn't want to speak for him. Uh, right, like that's his decision to make. Um, I, I, I would just say at this point in time, I don't know that that's on the table. Um, I think eventually there could be a conversation about it, depending on where yeah. things go. But it, as we speak right now, that it, I don't know that that's on the table tonight on Wednesday night, January 10th or whatever today is. The Kadakni one, again, I, you know, like if Philly wanted to do this, they could have leaned into it before. Um, they haven't done it yet, and things are going really well there. So yeah. I, I don't know that I'm convinced that that like I like I haven't heard his name at all. Now I could be missing things. I might not know things, 
but I haven't heard his name. At both ex- both excellent players, both players you'd want to keep. I'm thinking Konechny's going to get a long-term extension in Philly. I think that's a given. Maybe Giroux's a better bet only because he's towards the end of his career. Uh, but, but I mean, if you're going to go get guys, those are the type of guys you got to find. And then people say, well, what about the money? Find a way. Vegas finds a way all the yeah. time. Vegas finds a way to make it happen. That would be my response to that. So, <laughs> Elliot, awesome stuff. Love having you on the show. Roll Tide. <laughs> all right, Bob. I hope you're. I hope you're not too badly in mourning. Oh, it's been an incredible run. It was. I, I love. You know what? I love the best because you can learn yeah. from the best, which is why yeah. we love having you on the show, Elliot. Oh, yeah, okay. Thanks a lot, bud. <laughs> there you go. That's Elliot Freeman. Uh, he is brought to you uh, by Abe's Door Service. He's our Oilers now headliner today for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Uh, chance we don't see any lineup changes for the Edmonton Oilers. The Oilers injury reports brought to you all season long by James H. Brown injury lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Of course, Sam Gagne missed a few games with an upper body issue. Uh, Detroit does not have clean costs, and he did skate today, but he's been out with an upper body challenge. It's a bit of an update for you. Thomas Dias has a global news weather traffic update. And when we come back, Rob Brown for Montorio Homes.